You are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Let the people say loud, Amen. Amen. All right, for today I would be running because I have to conclude today. Amen. Glory to God. We've been focusing on multiplication. And if you've been in service, we've been talking about multiplication. God's supernatural principle for geometric increase. We've been speaking along those lines. And um, several things have been said. I might just have to recap and then get into what we have for this evening. And in all that we said, we were able to establish that there is a human and a divine side when it comes to increase. Hallelujah. That means there is a role for the human and there is a role that God plays when it comes to what? Increase. Remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, the Bible said, very popular scripture, I have, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Hallelujah. Read it with me. Want to go? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now, without the planting and the watering, which is the human side, there is no increase that will come. Amen. So he said, I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Apollos is a man. Paul is a man. But the increase comes from God. So the planting and watering is the human side. Hallelujah. And then the increase is the divine side. When you read further in this scripture, in 1 Corinthians 3, maybe I'll just read from 3 and from 6 down to 9, it will help us just understand something. It says, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. Keep going. It now said, So there, neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. He kept emphasizing that. Verse 8. It now says, Now, he that planted and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Follow me now. Verse 9. He now says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Go back to verse 8. In verse 8, he was able to establish to us that he that planted and he that watered, both of them are one. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. That means he's calling planting and watering labor. Amen. Are you listening to me? He's referring to planting and watering as what? Labor. Everybody say labor. Everybody say labor. Now remember that I said there is a human side and there is a divine side. And what we read from 1 Corinthians 3.6 said, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. Meaning that if there was nothing planted and there was no watering, there was nothing that God could give increase to. Amen. 
Most of the time, believers don't understand how the supernatural engages with the natural. That the miraculous we experience in our lives is because there are certain things that have to be on ground. Am I communicating? Alright? So, here, labor is referred to as planting and watering. Is referred to as labor. Meaning that for multiplication to happen, there is a labor from you. Amen. I said there is labor from you. Glory to God. There's labor, there's labor, there's labor, there's labor from you. And there has to be a clear understanding of what we're talking about when we talk about labor. Remember that we've been, this subject here is multiplication. And we're saying that increase will come to us through multiplication. It's important to understand what multiplication is. Now, God increases us by addition and multiplication. Do you agree with me? And Satan reduces you, amen, <laughs> by subtraction and division. Do you agree with me? Amen. So God increases you by addition and multiplication. And there's a difference. Because if you study the book of Acts, you'll find in the early church, the Bible will say, the Lord added to the church such as should be saved. As we went further from chapter 6, it started saying, now when the disciples were multiplied. Amen. Meaning that addition and multiplication are not the same. Amen. Am I communicating? So, I don't know what you've been experiencing. If you've been experiencing additions of God, get ready for the season of multiplications. Amen. Alright? What is the difference between addition and multiplication? Multiplication is a repeated addition. It's a repeated admission. You see, addition. If God wants to increase you geometrically and close up time, He has to use multiplication. And that's what's happening to us. I say that's what's happening to us geometric increase in everything that we do exponential results in everything that we do glory to god say i receive it i say i receive it so increase happens both by addition and multiplication but we found out that multiplication is god's preferred method of increase amen multiplication is god's preferred method of increase that means if he was to choose he prefers multiplication hallelujah Alright? Multiplication is God's way of producing exponential growth. What we mean by exponential is fast, rapid. Amen. By the time you look back and look again, it has changed. Amen. Alright? It's God's way of bringing what? Exponential growth to your life. And this year, because it's a year of possibilities, you must experience multiplication. Glory to God. You must experience multiplication. Very important. Now, I just mentioned some things. I'll come back to it later. Multiplication is in the Abrahamic blessing. Amen. It's a part of the Abrahamic blessing. Meaning that when God spoke to Abraham, he promised him multiplication. Amen. Multiplication is not so a prayer request that a human be made to God. It is the desire that God had for man from the beginning. Amen. That's why you see in the blessing, in Genesis 1.28, he said, be fruitful. Then he said what? Multiply. Glory to God. Multiply. 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 Say, I receive it. So, multiplication is an Abrahamic blessing, which you are a partaker of. I just want to show you a few scriptures, just to stress that point, that multiplication is an Abrahamic blessing. And the Bible says that, we that are Christ are heirs of the blessings of Abraham. We are partakers. Is that not so? Alright, so look at Genesis 17, 2. And then uh, maybe I'll just show you three more. Genesis 22, 17 after that. 
Genesis 17, 2. It says there, let's read together. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. Did you see that? The multiply was already big. He now said, no, exceedingly. Are you with me? It multiplies already big, but he said, no, it's not just to multiply, but to multiply you exceedingly. That's what's on God's mind. Amen. That's part of the Abrahamic blessing. Just look at Genesis 22, 17. I'll just run through the scripture. Genesis 22, 17. That in blessing, I will bless thee, and in multiplying, did you see that? I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. And as the sun which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Meaning that this multiplication is for you to enter your inheritance. Glory to God. There is an end for this multiplication. There is a purpose for it. You will possess the gate of your enemies. You will possess the gate of your enemies. If you see the trajectory, if you see the the arrangements of the the blessing in Genesis 1.28. And he said to myself, be fruitful. And if you think that's where he was stopping, say no, multiply. Then you think where he was stopping, say replenish the earth. You think where he said, say subdue. Then he said have dominion. That means the end of the day is dominion that God has in mind. Amen. So this multiplication is not just for the sake of multiplication. It's so that you will possess the gate of your enemies. The enemies are those that are the opposition to the gospel and those that are against the Christ. Amen. Are you understanding me? They don't have to say they are your enemies. They are enemies. Are you listening to me? You will possess their gates. You know what it means to possess their gates? You will buy their land. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Yes. Their children will work for you. Amen. Somebody was telling me something, and I agree with him. You know, he's not someone that you will see as a, a, a hyper-spiritual person. He said, Pastor, don't worry. He was talking about a particular politician. He said, don't worry. Let them be stealing the money. Let them be stealing money. Let them be stealing money. Their children will be hooked on drugs. Then all the properties they bought, they will give it to us and buy drugs. You will possess the gate of your enemies. Glory to God. You will possess the gate of your enemies. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Two more scriptures on on, on, on multiplication. Genesis 28 verse 3. And then the last one will be Hebrews 6.14. In Genesis 28, 3, it says, And God Almighty, <laughs> in case you didn't know which God he was talking about, Almighty, Amen, bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people. <laughs> your influence will be everywhere. <laughs> I said your influence will be everywhere. Glory to God. Are we together? Hebrews 6.14 Saying, Surely, Blessing I will bless thee, And multiplying I will multiply thee. Listen to me. This multiplication is yours. It's part and parcel of the salvation package. Amen. When you unwrap salvation, multiplication is inside. Glory to God. Am I communicating? It's inside. Now, you know, I just try to explain. We've talked about some of these things. I just try to lay a foundation so we can enter where we're going to. 
Our focus, actually, is the human side of the multiplication experience. Amen. Glory to God. All right, and that's what has been strong on my heart to teach. The human side of the multiplication experience. Remember, I quoted a scripture to you where he said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Then we read further in verse 8 and 9. He now told us that every man will receive the reward of his labor. Then he said that we are laborers together with God. Amen. That means that this multiplication experience is a partnership with God. Amen. God has his side and I have my side. Am I communicating? Alright. And I explained clearly to you, there is a human side to this multiplication experience. Let me tell two people, there is a human side to this multiplication experience. There is a human side. There is a human side. Glory to God. You know, most of the time when we talk about the blessing of God, you know, anytime you talk about the blessing of God and you try to overlook the human side, somehow, without knowing, you reduce the impact of what the blessing can do. Amen. Even our salvation experience, a man cannot be saved just because God wants him to be saved. No, sir. A man will be saved if he believes. Amen. If you read Romans 1.16, it's very clear. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Then he said, it is the power of God unto salvation. He didn't stop there. If that stopped by saying it is the power of God unto salvation, we'll say, okay, the, 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 the gospel will save everybody. He said, it is, it, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. That believe it. Amen. That believe it. He didn't just say to everyone. He said to everyone that what? Believe it. I think I taught on, I did, I did a series on believing some time back. Alright? In the kingdom, believing is our work. Amen. Amen. Are we together? It's what we are to do. It's our work. So, it's to everyone that believe it. If you remove the believing, the gospel cannot be the power of God to that one. Amen. Am I communicating? So, but when we begin to talk about multiplication, I begin to talk about wealth, I begin to talk about prosperity, I begin to talk about increase, and people try to downplay the place of labor. Amen. Labor is another word for work. Amen. If you begin to downplay the place of work, the place of labor, you will miss the point. Because even when God put Adam in the garden in Genesis 2, he said he put him there to dress and to keep it. He didn't say just float around. He just, just, he didn't say just wait for me until I come. No, sir. He said dress and keep it. That was labor. Amen. Amen. That was work. Meaning that man had a contribution. I explained to you two thousand back or last Sunday. I said work is your contribution. Amen. To the system. Glory to God. Is your contribution. Work is a kind of giving. Amen. Is a giving. And when you understand that, it helps you a great deal. Now, when it comes to labor, um, permit me to go back to a scripture in Deuteronomy 8.18. The scripture said, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that giveth thee power. Everybody say power. Power to do what? 
to get wealth. He gives you power to get wealth. It means that wealth requires power. Hallelujah. Amen. Wealth requires some divine or ability. It's power. The power there is dynamis, actually. And I explained to you, at what point does that power show up in the wealth experience or journey? Permit me to use that language. And that's what I want to explain to you in clear terms. It will help you a great deal. Amen. Glory to God. There's a labor part. There's a labor part. And a lot of believers need to be taught that. You know, um, some time ago I was talking about the New Testament. And I was trying to show scriptures. Where even Paul in his communication. Whether it was the letter I wrote to Titus. Whether it was the one he wrote to Timothy. Even in Ephesians. In one way or the other. He always touched on people not being idle. Amen. Glory to God. I don't know how some people still missed it. Amen. Glory to God. Are you with me? At the point they say, the one that doesn't work shouldn't even eat. Amen. There are some strong statements that Paul made. Paul was a man of the spirit. He understood the power of words. For him to tell someone that he that will not take care of his house, he said is worse, is worse than he used the word infidel. You know what an infidel is? Amen. That's what he used. He said he's worse than an infidel. He's not just an unbeliever. Someone that has been rejected by God. Amen. Are you with me? That's what he said. He's worse than an infidel. How will Paul say that? He's trying to explain how God abhors. How's a disgust to God to see you with potential unused. Amen. You read the parables, you will see how he responded to the one that had one talent and buried it. Amen. Are we together? What was his response? He called him a wicked. And the language used was, you wicked. That means it is wickedness for you not to walk. Amen. For you to wake up in the morning and do nothing and come to church, you are wicked. I didn't say so. The Bible said so. You know what it means to be wicked? You are twisted. Twisted. And have become... A poison to the system. Amen. Glory to God. That's what it is. So, the scriptures never, ever encourage idleness. I've been hitting this over and over again. About the unemployment rate in, in, in River State. is, I think last was 34%. Are you understanding me? 34% River State. Glory to God. You begin to wonder. That means that something is wrong. Amen. Amen. So, today, God is going to do something in someone's heart. And God is going to do something in someone's mind. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Back to what I was saying. So, there is power to get wealth. There is power to get wealth. There is an ability to get wealth. Now, but what I want to explain is that the human side has to be understood. And if most of us here that have been taught God's word understand the human side, there will be explosions on every, uh, on every side. I explained last time about how I used a woman that um, uh, conceiving and also uh, farm, a farm 
I use those two illustrations. I said, no matter how much rain falls, if no seed was planted in the ground, nothing is going to come out. Amen. That someone, hands could be laid on a lady. Maybe a man has a challenge, a woman has a challenge, and hands are laid on them, and the power of God is released and corrects the challenge. Yet, there's a natural principle that needs to be fulfilled. Amen. The husband has to meet with his wife. It, it has to be fulfilled. Amen. It has to be fulfilled. Now, it is the same in your business. Are you listening to me? It's the same in that endeavor of yours. There's a natural side that needs to be fulfilled. Glory to God. We read the scripture. It says that wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. It said, but he that gathered by labor shall increase. I believe it was Proverbs 13, 11. He that gathered by labor shall increase. That means labor is God's plan for you to gather. Wealth is a gathering. Amen. Are you listening to me? Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that gathereth by labor shall what? Increase. Shall what? Increase. Shall what? Increase. Now, let me show you something. I want to encourage you to labor. Hallelujah. To work. I didn't just say be engaged in any activity. Work. 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 Because I will explain to you how the blessing operates. Okay? There's a scripture in um, the same Proverbs, 14 chapter, verse 23. It talks, about, it, it talks about labor. It says in all labor, all labor, there is what? There is profit. They said, but the talk of the lips tended to penury. That means that if you are just talking and you're not laboring, <laughs> amen, then there is a principle that is not being fulfilled. But I want to show you something here. He said in all labor, in all labor, there is profit. The only thing he doesn't tell us is the measure of profit. Amen. Because there is what the Bible calls little profits. Amen. And there is much profit. Are we together? So what the blessing does is that it makes your labor to produce much profit. Amen. Now, you know some, there are some simple scriptures in First, Corinth, First Timothy, about or 4, where the Bible says, for bodily exercise, profit little. That means there is what they call little profit. You just, little profit. Amen. So there are some labors that some of you are engaged in, but it's bringing what? Little profit. Glory to God. Little, little profit. That's what God told you. He said, I am the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, that teacheth thee to profit. Isaiah 48, 17. Meaning that if God is teaching you to profit, you will not have little profit. Amen. Am I communicating? Say, I receive, I receive. You are receiving insights on how to profit from your labor. Glory to God. Am I communicating? Alright? But labor has to be in place. If labor is not in place, something is missing. You can't even, there's no equation. Amen. But now, we're talking about how that labor becomes productive. So that it's not little profit. Little profit. But there can be much profit from that labor. Glory to God. 
So I'm going to show you this in a short while. There will be what? Much profit. Maximum profit. Maximum profit from what? From your labor. Now, when it comes to the journey of multiplication or wealth as you call it, there are two infusion points of the blessing. That means two entry points of the grace of God. Amen. This labor we're talking about, there are two points that the grace of God enters. The first point is at the point of your work, the labor itself. Let me just show you a scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we read it earlier. Let me show you verse 10. Um, let's read from 8 into 10. It will make more sense. 8 into 10. The first infusion point, the first entry point of the grace of God. You know, some people think they only need the grace after they finished the work. No. You need the grace to do the work. Amen. Are you with me? You need the grace to do the work that can produce results. Are you hearing me? Okay. So I want to show you now. Now he that planted and he that watered are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Verse 9. So he's instead talking about labor. So follow the labor, labor talk now. For we are laborers together with who? We are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Verse 10 is my focus. Verse 10 now says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Remember he said he planted. Amen. Remember Paul says he's planted. Now he's using another term to explain the same planting, laying the foundation. But that he could not lay it without the grace given. Amen. Am I communicating? Is this an evening class? Amen. Am I teaching at old people's home? Paul was saying, I, he planted. He recognized that Apollos watered. That planting, he called it laying the foundation. He said, but I have laid the foundation by the grace, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me. That means that I didn't do it by my own strength. Amen. That the first infusion point of the blessing in my work was to strengthen me to do it. Amen. Some of you, you know, don't know the place of the grace of God as supernatural ability. Amen. To enable you fulfill a task. Let me define work a little for you before we go further. When we say work, we're talking about any activity that requires spiritual, mental, or physical efforts to achieve a purpose or a result. Amen. I'll take that again. Work is any activity that requires spiritual, mental, or physical efforts to achieve a purpose or a result. Did you get that? That's what work is. So, it's an activity, but it requires efforts. And the aim is a result at the end. Hallelujah. So that's what I mean by work. Now I'm saying that that work that God is requiring of you 
He has made strength available for you to carry it out. Amen. And as believers in Christ, we should learn how to allow the blessing or the grace of God, as we call it, enable us to carry out our work. This was what Paul understood. Paul said it a second time in the same First Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 10. Follow me. In First Corinthians 15:10, I'm a bit flat. The volume, it's a bit. Can you adjust it? First Corinthians 15:10. But by the grace of God, look at Paul talking again. I am what I am, and His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But what? But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. What is Paul talking about? Amen. He said, he labored by what? The grace of God. And all of us here will learn how to labor with the grace of God. Amen. Amen. He labored. So that was the efficient point of grace. It was to labor. The grace was to labor. Now, sometimes you see believers, they give tax, they never meet up. Oh, sir, I was tired. I couldn't do it. You see that they are not engaging the grace of God. Amen. They are not engaging the grace of God. You say, oh, um, um, they gave you three things to do. You couldn't meet up. It never occurred to you that you can, the same way you pray in tongues. When you are afraid for something, it's the same way you can pray in tongues and receive strength. Sit down and finish it. Amen. And your body will conform. Glory to God. People have sat up and finished a book in one night. Amen. <laughs> That's grace. Are you with me? That's the grace of God. I don't know. Some of you are even students. You say, oh, I have so many assignments. I could not even meet up with the assignments. No, you've not understood what the grace of God can do. Amen. Oh, I have a project. I have this. I have that. Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I'm just tired. Oh, then you just, you just slip off. It's time for you and I, believers in Christ, to engage the grace of God in our work. Amen. That means that sometimes what three people are supposed to do, only you can finish it. Hello? And it will be done. <laughs> it will be done. And you are done, and you are still strong. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you listening to me? You are still strong. So, the idea of slothfulness. You know, the scripture talks a lot about slothfulness. The Bible says that a slothful man is brother to the one that is a great waster. Amen. So, you find that because of the grace of God at work, there is no slothfulness. They give you deadlines, you are ready before the time. Amen. I did something with a company, you know, and uh, they were supposed to respond, let's assume they were supposed to respond by 4 o'clock. I called them by 3, and I said, I just want to be sure that the delivery or whatever I was expecting is going to happen by 4. They said it was ready since, we're just waiting for the time. Amen. Because you told us 4, so we're waiting for the time. Should we bring it before the 4 o'clock? I said, I like that kind of thing. Amen. It's not this one. Uh, Oga, you know that um, the, the, the filling station in front there, there was a fire in the filling station. What is my business with the filling station? 
Uh-huh. So what happened? So the fire, the cousin of the owner of the filling station, uh, uh-huh, is the one that is with the key to our store. <laughs> Nine o'clock news. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So I tell your neighbor, please, no more nine o'clock news. Amen. <laughs> it's when the grace to labor is, you don't know more nine o'clock, you'll not be giving story. Uh, actually, 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 you know. And I'm saying that all of you in church that offer one service or the other, listen to me, receive this thing. Amen. Let it change how you, how you do your job. Let it change how you render your services to people. They give you a job. You will kneel down and pray. And receive supernatural strength to finish it. That's, that grace to labor, let me tell you what it does to you. It also keeps your concentration. Amen. Are you understanding me? Focus. Because a lot of young people, their challenge is broken focus. We have the most unfocused generation that has ever lived. Because... Facebook news feed will not allow you focus. Instagram, Snapchat. Are you understanding me? It will never allow you focus. Even as we are in service now, you cannot even focus. You are still checking. <laughs> smiley, smiley, smiley. If you know what those smileys have stolen from you, when you see the smiley, you will run. Amen. <laughs> are you listening to me? Broken focus. Look at scriptures. Scriptures are very... See, there is no material in the world that can describe human character more than the Bible. Are you listening to me? No scripture. No, no, no material. The Bible understands the human, nat- human nature and the human being. If you want to study Yoruba man, read the Bible. You understand Yoruba man. You want to re- understand Ikwere man, read the Bible. There's an Ikwere man in the Bible. There's a Yoruba man in the Bible. There's a Japanese man in the Bible. The Bible describes all of humanity. Anyone that understands the scripture will understand humanity. So I want to understand my customers. Read your Bible, you understand them. The Bible said Jesus knew what was in man. How? Did he go to a school of sociology or psychology? No, sir. By the knowledge of the scriptures. Amen. He understood man. Amen. So if the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable on his ways, believe it. Amen. That means that anytime you are not focused, you cannot be stable. Amen. Some of you, the reason why that thing you are doing has not had stability is lack of focus. Today is like this, tomorrow is like this, next tomorrow is like this, next tomorrow is like this. Focus. So, the grace to labor imparts to you strength of focus. Amen. Focus. Focus. They were talking about focus. Some of you know about the Pythagoras theorem. The guy, the Pythagoras guy. They said that um, when he was working on that theorem, when he was working on it, that uh, some soldiers, you know those kind of soldiers that beat their drums, you know those kind of soldiers, they were marching past where he was, he was walking outside. They passed in front of him and went to where they were going to. So somebody was trying to catch up which direction they went. He came and tapped him and said, sir, which direction did the band of soldiers go? This way or that way? He said, there has been no noise here. No soldiers passed here. That means he did not hear. Because of focus. 
focus is a blind eye. It will blind you. The only thing you will see is the thing you are doing. Some of you, that's what you need. Focus. You are blind to every other thing apart from that thing you are doing. When, see, that's, when I talk about the grace of God strengthening you, that's one of it. It's not just to strengthen you to outlast the pressure. No. It's to keep you focused. Concentrate. Receive the power of concentration. In the name of Jesus. Listen, you know why some people never have momentum? It's because of this. Broken focus. There are some things you are doing in life you need to build momentum over a five-year period before it will explode. There are some things you are doing, you need to do it consistently for 12 months before it will explode. It's just like we talk about impact. If you see this pillar here now, you take a hammer, alright? You take a hammer and you hit it. How many times do we have to hit it for it to come? Now maybe 1,000 times. Maybe 2,000 times. You hit one, two, three, four, five, six. Then it finally goes down. The question to ask, is it the first hit or the last hit that brought it down? No, it's all of them together. Anyone that was missing to not come down. Are you listening to me? Is that constant hitting, constant hitting that brought it down? Some of you have not understood that. That thing you are doing, be consistent in it. Be constant. Be there. Show up tomorrow again. Show up the day after. Be there. Be consistent. Over time. Boom. Everybody say boom. That's this one big secret about impact. And sometimes a lot of young people don't understand. So they say, eh, I tried this thing, it did not work. So I've jumped to this. It's the jumping that is your problem. So there is nothing that you have been able to stay, sustain, to sustain over time. I was talking about success some time ago. And I talked about very simple things about success. Number one, I said, one thing about success is, um, I was talking about uh, three things I mentioned. One was the issue of... Let me just go to the one I'm talking about so I won't start teaching on this. Stay. Spend time with that thing you are doing. It's not enough that you got the right thing to do. Get it right is what I said. Get it right. Give it time. Give it all. Those are the three things. Get it right. Give it time. Give it all. Some people have gotten it right. But the next thing is to give it time. Amen. Some people don't give it time. Did you get me? Okay, say get it right. Then say give it time. Then give it your all. Yes. Some people have not given it time. But they got it right. That's the thing they're supposed to be doing. That thing they're doing is the thing they're supposed to do. But they've not given it time. Say, eh, I don't know. It's like, eh, I don't know what's happening. You know, because we are in a generation where people want to blow. Amen. <laughs> they don't know that you need to grow to blow. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we say grow <laughs> and you will blow. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So growth takes time. Growth takes time. I don't like how I'm sounding. It's still not okay. Growth takes time. Praise the Lord. Are we getting this? Should I continue? So, there is that grace to labor. It strengthens you to labor. It strengthens you to labor. Alright? That's the first infusion of that grace or the blessing of God. Then the second part or the second 
point of infusion is the grace that brings the results. Somebody can walk and walk and walk and there will be no results. That's what Paul said. It is God that gives the increase. Amen. It's God that gives. That's what we call favor. Amen. Favor. But there is the first place the blessing works is to help you labor. Then the second place is the grace that brings the favor. Amen. Am I communicating? Alright. Now, my concern here is to bring you to the place where you are experiencing this multiplication and you know exactly what to do every time. I've explained work. Alright? I've explained work. The truth is this. There are two scriptures I'm going to show you. One is in Luke 16. The other is in Luke 19. Um, both of them show us a lot of things. And I'm hoping that in the next 20 minutes I should wrap this up. Amen. The reason why a lot of people don't work, apart from the values that they have, is that they believe that they don't have what they call, they say, I don't have work. How many of you have heard people say that? I don't have work. I, I work. If I have, I work now, but I don't have work. I don't have work. So, since they don't have work, they say, that's why I'm not working. And the reason why you believe that you don't have work is that truly you feel that work means something that somebody gave you to do. What you call a job. Are you understanding me? And uh, they pay you for it. So if someone doesn't call you to give you a job, then you find yourself in a place where you are not working. Let me explain, explain this to you. Whether you have a job or not, work. Amen. Let me tell two people that. Amen. <laughs> oh, I hope somebody will hear me today. Can you change this microphone or something? Whether you have a job or not, work. Whether you have a job or not, work. There must be a way that you are contributing to the system that sustains you. Amen. I told you something, was it last week? I said, if somebody is accommodating you, you are squatting, that's the language used. The person pays the house rent. He pays the water bills, pays everything. There must be a way you contribute to the sustenance of the house. Am I communicating? Don't just say, well, what can I do? What can I do? Oh, this my friend just loves me, just do everything for me. And there are people that think that they are taking advantage of the person when they act like that. They don't understand that the person is growing. Growth will never happen if you don't take responsibility. Amen. Praise the Lord. It will never happen if you don't take responsibility. It's responsibility that energizes you, strengthens you, stretches you. So that person that is struggling to pay the bill, struggling to pay the bill, is going. After a while, that thing he was struggling to do will not be normal. Amen. But someone can be twenty-five. He's now thirty. He has never generated house rents. Amen. 
Are you understanding me? He has never put himself in a place where he had to pay house rent. Why? Because somehow, somehow, he keeps dodging paying house rent. He doesn't know that he's dodging the ability to be big. There are some troubles that are good to enter. Oh, I love what our bishop said many years ago. He said, young men, young men, pray for all your troubles to come now when you are young. So you grow fast. What he was talking about, there are certain challenges that if they don't come to you, you will never grow. There are some of you, your friends should kick you out of the house. Your parents should stop giving you pocket money. Your uncle should stop, he should, he should, he should stop answering your phone call. Ideas will hit you. Amen. Are you listening to me? That's some of you, anytime you call somebody, they just find you something. Oh, find me something. You know, in Nigerian English, you say, find me something. Find me something. Find me something. Is this find me something? Find me something that is making you, nobody can find you on the map. You have become among the statistics of the 34%. Because of find me something, find me something, find me something. You will make up your mind. No more find me something. I am the one that will be finding people something. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So whether you have a job or not, work. Contribute. I told people, I said, go and work for free. Go there, tell them I will work for you for one month for free. Don't pay me. Then contribute. Make yourself so relevant that they will need you. Even if they didn't pay you. (laughs) There is a law in the spirits. It will pay you. Are you listening to me? There is a law. God is the paymaster. It will pay you. It will pay you. Are you listening to me? And that's what some people don't understand. When people say, I've paid my dues. You don't understand what they're talking about. What they're talking is heavy. In all labor, there is profit. I say in all labor, there is profit. In all labor, there is profit. Glory to God. So work. And then those of you that are already working, engage grace in your work. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you're working in your office. Some of you always sleep in your office. Say, I just signed two papers and I sleep. If you work in any place where you just, if you can afford to sign two papers and sleep, it's not a good place for you. I say it's not a good place for you. You must make sure that you are engaged mentally and otherwise. Don't be happy that you sign two papers and you sleep. Hello? That's early retirement. Don't be happy that you sign two papers and you sleep. Look at what's happening around the world. The countries that are ahead technologically, they are still working harder. (laughs) They are still working like they don't know anything. Research. If they hear somebody's intelligence somewhere, they buy. Come. Come and add your own here. You hear brain drain. What is it? The best brains in Nigeria are going there. You go into one lab. They are producing something or they are coming up with one new innovation that will change the whole world. You check. There's a Nigerian there. He did his first degree. Maybe in one Nigerian university. After that, 
the time when they are supposed to now reap the investments the Nigerian university made into him is America that is reaping it. Why would the country not be ahead? Amen. Why would they not be ahead? They will always be ahead. Amen. I'm not dissing Nigeria, but I have observed what is going on. We have not started and we have not planned to start. That's where we are. Amen. Are you listening to me? We have not planned to start. I was in a lab, what they call a digital lab in America. And I was watching what these people were doing. Man, my head was spinning. And we're working on this, working on that, working on that. Some things that are even working on. They're not things that should be publicly said. You're working on this kind of thing? Yeah. I say, hi. We are fighting inside National Assembly. This generation in the church, there must be a revival of work ethic. Ever say work ethic? Yes. Even some young people, they don't want to work. I've given some young people work. Say, uh, when we need um, somebody to come and help us and do something, we want to arrange some documents. So you say, yes, you come. After 30 minutes, say, I'm hungry, sir. <laughs> hungry. Were you hungry before you came? Have you always been hungry? Because you are just coming. We've not even given you the work. You're already hungry. They say, okay, go and eat. He eats, comes back. You come back 30 minutes later. He's sleeping. Can you not tarry with me for one hour? <laughs> He's playing with his phone. Are you listening to me? They cannot just sit down and get the job done or not rest until the job is done. Listen to me. If you see every day like that, every day you wake up, you get the job done. Tomorrow again, get the job done. Next tomorrow again, get the job done. That's the way. Tap your say, that's the way. That's the way. That's the way. Before you sleep tonight, just use 30 minutes and think of what you want to achieve tomorrow. Amen. What are the things I must achieve tomorrow? Write them down. Then tomorrow, focus and achieve them. Then do it again. And then do it again. And then do it always. That's success. Amen. Are you hearing me? Now, multiply your resources. I talked about resources. When we say resources, we are talking about things that are naturally available to you. Amen. Are we together? I want you to see resources as seeds to thrive in life. Amen. Alright? Seeds. To thrive in life. They are already available to you. And I used the language. I, said, I was talking about resources. I said, um, maybe I should use Second Peter 1 verse 4. Let's look at it. Second Peter 1 4. Go to three. According to his power, not four. Three. Thank you. 
Second Peter 1 3. Let's read that. Want to go? Glory to God. According as his divine power had given unto you. What? All things. Let me say all things. Say all things. Some translation says everything. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has been given to you. That means what the scripture is saying is that you have what it takes. Amen. Say I have what it takes. I have resources. Say I have resources. The scripture is saying that all that pertains, all you need to live in this life, all you need to function has been given already to you. He said, where is it? He said, no, but it has been given to you. He said, I, I cannot see it. And that's the challenge. Resources you don't identify, you cannot increase. You see, and so we're going to stay a little about how to identify the resources that God has made available to you. You have to identify them. And I mentioned some of them to you. Because when we talk about uh, what they call factors of production, they say land, some of you now, you did economics, right? Land, labor, capital, what again? Entrepreneurship or enterprise, whatever. Someone say, I don't have land. <laughs> I don't have capital. Who will give me capital? And I say, you have capital. But you just don't know it is capital. Because in your mind, capital is a huge sum of money in an account. That's not what capital is. You have resources. Permit me to go back to some of the scriptures I mentioned earlier. Luke 8.18 Jesus said the same thing in three scriptures. I'd just like to use those scriptures. Glory to God. Uh, I think if I just read one of it, I won't have to read all the other parts. But we have that same statement in Matthew and um, we also have it in um, Luke. Luke 8.18 is the shortest one, so I'll take that one. But if you, for, for record purposes, if you just want to write down, the same statement was made in Matthew 25, 28-29. The same statement was made in Luke 19, 24-26. Matthew 25, 28-29. Luke 19, 24-26. Luke 8.18. Let's read it together. Take heed therefore how you hear. For whosoever has, to him shall be given. And whosoever had not, from him shall be taken even that which is cement to have. Put it in NKJV, New King James Version. Amen. Let me tell you, neighbor, wake up. You can be in Nigeria and be earning from America. Amen. Did you hear me? Some of you didn't even understand what I'm talking about. 
Let's read in NKJV. Want to go? Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. What the scripture is implying is that everybody has something. Amen. I don't like the way you answered me. I will give you another scripture for that reason. Luke chapter 19, 24 to 26. Luke 19, 24 to 26. And he said to those who stood by, Okay, King James. And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that had ten pounds. Go, go on. And they said unto him, Lord, he had ten pounds. <laughs> Verse 26. And I say, for I say unto you, that unto everyone which has shall be given. And from him that had not, even that he had shall be taken away from him. Are you understanding the point here? The point is, as long as you don't identify what you have, it will not be useful to you. Some of you, the reason why it looks like you don't have anything is because you've not even identified what you have. Amen. It's even that which he has will be given to another. It means that somebody will be partaking of it, but you will not be partaking of it. But you are the one that has it. Amen. So say, I have something. Say, I have something. It is the principle that we were taught through what happened to Moses. In Exodus chapter 4, when Moses was saying, how will they believe in me? How will people know that you sent me? How, how will I make impact? How will I, how will I succeed? That's the question. I just, how will I succeed? How will I make it? In Port Harcourt. God asked him, what is in your hand? Amen. What is in your hand? Meaning that that thing that will make you succeed, you already have it. I said, you already have it. He said, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. <laughs> a rod. To him, it's, I always had it. There's nothing, nothing dramatic about this. There's nothing miraculous about it. He said, no, what's in your hand? He said, cast it to the ground. The Bible said, then it turned into a serpent. That means there's something in your hand. Something you have. Permit me to say this to you. Hear me very well now. There is something you have that is a key to something you need. There is something you have now that is a key to what you need. There is something as I'm talking that you have now, you have it now, is a key to something you need. Let me put it this other way. Everything you ever need, there is something you have that connects to it. Identification, recognition is what makes you now see it. I explained what I meant by resources to you. Different from what you might think resources are. I said, first of all, I said your talent is a resource. Amen. Your talent is a resource. I said, your relationships are resources. I told you that the first business I ever did, the capital... Once someone asked, what was the capital? You, you, the capital was a relationship. Amen. What's a relationship? Some of you have not seen the relationships you have as capital. You've not seen it as a resource. Some of you have not seen your talent as a resource. There are people that are out there. There is their talent that they are using to tour the whole world. Talents. Amen. But first, they have identified it as a resource. 
Your relationship is a resource. Your talent is a resource. I even went further. Maybe I didn't say this. Your experience, your previous experience in life is a resource. How many of you have seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire? That Indian movie that, you know, it was some years ago. So, wave your hand now. Let me be sure I'm talking to the right people. Slumdog Millionaire. Where they were playing the game, who wants to be a millionaire? All right? Remember the young guy? And they were sitting down. And they were, how he won the money, how he won the millions, was simply through his experiences in life. Amen. Are we together? They say, how, um, what's, the, what's the, um, the image on the $100 bill? He had never been to America in his life. Never been to America in his life. Living in the slums of India. The poor call them poor. But in his experience through life, the things he had heard, he knew the names of the three musketeers. It's not, a, it's not an Indian story. Are you understanding me? Are you with me? Now, it's through his experiences. Bad experiences. Bad experiences. In the experience, he lost his brother. In the experience, many things have happened to him. But in the experience, a million, a million dollars came out of the experience. There are some books people have written. It's their sorrows they package and sold to you. Their sorrow became a bestseller. They've come to see that that experience they had is a resource. They are, look at Joyce Meyer. Blessing the world is the sexual abuse she went through packaged into a ministry. Amen. Are you listening to me? She's talking to you. Why is she connecting? Because she has been there. She knows what she's talking about. She has seen pain. Amen. Are you listening to me? So, experience is a resource. Some of you think, oh, the experience you want. Let me tell you, neighbor, all my experiences will not go to waste. Say it again. All my experiences will not go to waste. See, whether it's a good experience or bad experience, they will not go to waste. You begin to see that your experience is a resource. It's something that you can use. Amen. Glory to God. That becomes useful. See, this recognition of these resources around you changes the game for you. Amen. It changes the game. The difference between this man and that man is that one other man has identified that this is a resource. I read, my wife and I were the ones on the plane she was the one that even told me the story. It was the McDonald's story. You know McDonald's fast food, America? It was the story, Ray Kroc. She was the one that told me about the story. As usual, she might watch the film, I read the book. That's what I always do. <laughs> you know. So, but one of the, we, we were flying together one time and she said, look, this is it. So I just saw it. Now, look at how a man, <laughs> glory to God, he saw what the people didn't see in themselves. Amen. The real McDonald brothers, he came and saw, these guys don't know that this thing can go around the world. Amen. They didn't see it. To them, it was like, eh, we just, we just make, what's it, burger, whatever. You know, we just make these things, you know, pastries, just make them. Uh, we're good. He looked at the system and said, no, no, no. We can make this thing big. Amen. We can make this big, big. What happens is that he identified he recognized a resource. May God open your eyes in the name of Jesus. To recognize the resources that you already have. That are keys to the things you need to, you need to have. The places you want to go, the resources are already around you. Look at that small girl. What's her name? Success. That was trending. 
No, no success. The one that said, they, flog, uh, they will flog me and flog and flog and tire. I'll show them and say I stubborn. Let me tell you one thing. The girl knows how to express herself. One of the things that Jewish parents teach their children is verbal confidence. Amen? For children to have verbal confidence. To be able to say something they need to say. Amen? They believe that is a key to success. Amen? That was the thing. The, 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 the girl was walking around, stopped and said, what happened? She gave her mind clearly. Spoke. And it, I don't know if you understand. They just shared it. The school has been renovated as we speak. The school has been renovated by the governor. They have paid scholarship for her to university. They've changed her school. <laughs> what resource does she have? Amen. Amen. Listen, there's somebody here that your story is the next story. Because now you are identifying that this resource that you have is big enough to serve you all your life. Is valuable enough. Is valuable enough. There's what I was teaching some time ago. I talked about what I call face value and real value. There are some things that on face value, when you look at it, that means that from when you look at it, it looks like it is cheap. When you go close, you find that it's expensive. Are you understanding me? Then there's some things that from afar it looks like it's expensive. When you go close, you see that it's cheap. Listen, may God open your eyes to the real value of the resource in your life. I said, may God open your eyes to the real value of the resource in your life. The real value of that your experience, the real value of that relationship, the real value of your talents. Luke 16. It's Luke 16 I've been trying to read since we started this message. Amen. In Luke 16, we told the story about the steward. The steward, um, um, his master found out that he had been um, shady and the master decided to lay him off. So, the Bible told us that he now went to all the guys that were owing his master and asked, how much are you owing my master? They said, he said, reduce by so and so. And the scripture commended him. Now, there's a statement he made, which I want to pick from. I think it was verse 3 or thereabouts. When the steward said within him, he said, what shall I do? For my Lord take it away from me, the stewardship. He said, I cannot dig. To beg, I am ashamed. I explained to you that some people are digging, some people are begging, and some people are enjoying the stewardship. Amen. I won't go back to that. Go and listen to the message. Amen. But, I want to go further to explain something to you. When you identify the resources that you have, the reason why you are identifying them is because of what you are supposed to do with them. So let's go to Luke 19. We start from verse 12. Luke 19. He said, Therefore a certain noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Continue. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. You know what the occupy means there? Ah, engage in business. Trade. 
sell. Use the resource to bless your world. Amen. Until I come. Do you know why you use the language occupy? It means that you should be so engrossed in that. Amen. Amen. You should be engrossed in doing that. Let's read the story further. Verse 14. I think I'll anchor at 16 or thereabouts. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, when he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money. Oh, we didn't know. Because it's just a 10 pounds. He's telling us his money. Hallelujah. Then he said, that he might know how much every man had gained. I would say profit by trading. You're, you should profit from the resources God has given you. I said you should profit from the resources God has given you. He said he, that he might know, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. The reason why a lot of believers are not gaining is that they are not trading. They are not trading. They are not trading. They, first of all, have not even identified resources. Those have identified are not trading with the resources. Verse 16. Whether or not I must stop in verse 16. Then came the first saying, Lord, okay, I have to pass verse 16. Permit me, forgive me. Then came the first, let's read together, just get to a point, there's a scripture I want to get to. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound had gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well thou, good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, thou shalt have authority over ten cities. Next. And the second came saying, Lord, thy pound had gained five pounds. The same thing. And he said, likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. Next. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. The condition of the country is not good. Where is not doing well. That's why I'm not doing anything. For I fear because thou art an austere man, thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest thou that thou didst not so. And he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knowest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Keep going. I just, there's a verse I'm looking for. Wherefore thou then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required my own with usury. Interest. And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that had ten pounds. Next. And they said unto him, Lord, he has ten pounds. Next. And for I say unto you, that unto everyone which had shall be given. And from him that had not, even that he had shall be taken away from him. I think that's the last verse. Now, follow me. He said he came to see what they had gained by what? Trading. I want to end this. The world is a market. Everybody is buying and selling. If you forget anything, don't forget what I just said. They ask somebody about life skills. And they say, what is one of the most important life skills for someone to succeed in life? He says, the art of selling. 
The ability to sell. What God is saying here in the scripture is that they, they gained by trading. A trade means that they are exchanging what they have for what they want. Amen. Exchanging what they have for what they want. That's trade. Exchanging what they have for what they want. That's trade. A lot of believers don't know how to sell. First, they don't even know they have something to sell. Say, hey, you have a nice voice. <laughs> this is my crooked voice that when I even sing, it means that I'm ashamed of myself. Yes. <laughs> Anytime someone talks about that, you talk it down. You know that people that talk like that. They say, um, oh, oh, you have a nice shirt. They say, ah, oh, thank you. Thank you is good enough. Don't say, <laughs> this shirt. I, I, if you just go that Johnson, I just bought it there. <laughs> they gave it to me 24 naira. No, 23, 23 naira. You know. <laughs> you know there are people that will buy a 25 naira shirt. <laughs> when they wear it, it looks like a million dollars. It's a gift too. It's a gift. You see some sisters. They just, even if they use, what's that um, local powder that they lick? It's white. Unzu. Even if they use unzu for lipstick, they will be beautiful. Then some people will import from Singapore. Singaporean red. Singaporean green. You be wondering, what did they do this person? They said, Do you know how much I bought it? Five thousand dollars. He said, Now wow. What a waste of five thousand dollars. Are you listening to me? They someone say, Wow, the way you put this thing, it's just so beautiful. Where did you get it from? It's time to say, I can do it for you. Amen. Glory to God. I can do it for you. Okay, I want it. Who did it for you? She's the one. Who did it for you? She's the one. It has started. Are you listening to me? You have to value those things that you have. From today, engage. Trade with the resources that you have. In this world, you will not gain if you are not trading. Amen. So when you sit at home doing nothing, you are not trading. There are some people that are using Facebook well. Some people are just playing. Amen. They are helping the people that are using Facebook well to make money. May God open your eyes to know how to trade. To identify your resources and to trade with them. There is nobody here that does not need something. When I finish preaching now, I will drink water. I might communicate it. I don't, I don't sell water. I have to buy it. Amen. Am I communicating? Somebody can be thinking in that direction already. Are you with me? When you finish here, you will go home. Nobody 
apart from the security men, we sleep in church. You will all go home. Somebody can think of it. Many people are going this way. Many people are going that way. Uh-uh. I have a car. Amen. <laughs> oh yeah. Junction. Church member. <laughs> Enter. Three of you will pay 100 and instead of paying 150. Amen. You are trading with what you have. Am I communicating? Your eyes are opening as I'm talking. I say your eyes are opening as I'm talking. I say your eyes are opening as I'm talking. In the name of Jesus. You must trade. In the Jewish phenomenon, a book written by Stephen Silbiger, he said, every Jew raises his child to either be a professional or an entrepreneur. If you cannot be a professional, say something. Amen? Amen? Make sure you are trading. Most of you here, this year is your trading year. This year is your selling year. This year is your year where that power to get wealth will be functioning in your life. It will not be a story in the Bible. It is a story in your life. It's, this is my life. Are you reading the Bible? This is it here. This is it here. This is wealth manifested here. In the name of Jesus Christ. Rise to your feet. Lift your hands and shout multiplication. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the